Welcome to the Mary Jane Experience. Unbiased, unabridged, and most of all, informative. From our mountaintop view here in Colorado, here's how we see the cannabis industry today. Let's look at weed. Strawberry Sequoia here, and I am so excited to bring you today's episode with Garrett Dutton, better known as G-Love of the band G-Love and Special Sauce. He's been talking about weed in his music for his entire career, and both myself and Casey Jones have been admiring his work for his entire career. So... I'm not going to do much of an intro today. We're just going to jump right in because this episode and this interview is awesome. This episode was made possible by our friends at Markaha, makers of fine plant-powered products like the new Go-Go Night and Day Gummies, which is a mix of five indica and five sativa gummies. Take flight with Markaha, found at most Colorado dispensaries or markaha.com. So we're here with Garrett, also better known as G-Love. Boop, boop. And From G-Love and the Special Sauce. That's right. <laughs> we're here in Aspen, Colorado at the Belly Up, where all of the biggest names <laughs> come Literally through. <laughs> Such a sweet venue. Um, yeah. We lived here for five years, so seen a lot of shows here, and yep. we love this place. So G-Love, thank you so much for, for being here with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. How are you doing? I'm good. Good, man. Good. It's always great to be back here in Aspen, and... Uh, this is cool because we got the day off tomorrow too. So this is the this is the f- end of the first week of the second leg of our big tour here. So uh, nice. yeah, it, it always we generally do like four in a row. So it's just always good to get past that third show and then you yeah. know your voice is still good and yeah, energy yeah. is good and you know it's gonna be a great night and then go into the day off and then get ready to crank it up for another week. So it'd be nice to be up here in the mountains. Oh yeah, clean air a little bit, you know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how many times have you actually played Belly Up? Oh man, I mean, we've been playing this room well before it was the Belly Up when it was the Double Diamond. We played it back in the early '90s, and we used to play the Howlin' Wolf also, which is another place in Aspen, maybe before the Double Diamond. So, but we've been playing this room forever, and um, we probably played it almost every year since it's been the Belly Up. Oh wow! So. I would gander to say that we've played it 75% of the time and it's been open every year, at least once. Oh, yeah. I don't know how many years it's been open now. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> it's probably been open Long for 15 know. years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely before, before we got here, here, for sure. Yeah, but, um, yeah, no, it's a great venue. And, um, you know, Michael Goldberg, who owns a venue, mm-hmm. you know, he, we've become really close over the years. And then I play his 
his brother has the other belly up, which is in Solana Beach, which we play next week. So, but it's a great. It's a obviously it's a pretty unique room. Obviously, Aspen's a unique town for reasons you all know. A lot of you know, like you just said, everybody, all the mega huge rock and roll stars end up coming to play this little tiny venue yeah. because it's up in Aspen. Yeah. And um, so and that's special, you know. Yeah. So it's pretty unique. That only really happens anywhere else. Mm-hmm. No. I can't think. No, well, it's crazy because I saw you on Vans Warped Tour in like 2003. Maybe Vans Warped Tour. I don't know. I saw you in New York um, in like 2003, uh, 2002. Not on the Warped Tour. Um, maybe with 311. Maybe, yeah, maybe that makes sense. Yeah. But it was funny because we were in a huge venue, and then I saw you here last year, and we like high fived five or ten times. Yeah. Because yeah. I was just standing in front row. I was like, ah, oh, yes. Anyway, Nin- so someone from 1906 cool. handed you those heart glasses. Okay. And that's a, I don't even know if you knew, but that's a cannabis company. Oh, I didn't, um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I had one, one, one night I had a bad, I, I didn't think I had a bad show, but apparently I had a bad show. Well, I had one night where. You have to watch out because you're high up in the mountain. So if you are drinking on stage, it can get to you. Yeah. And then if you smoke some of that good Colorado kind bud, <laughs> I get you too. That dangerous shit. So one night I uh, maybe got a little ahead of myself and one fan was like really pissed off. And he was like tweeting at me saying, you're fucking drunk. Oh, yeah, no. yeah. He was like, "I'd come uh-huh. to see your show, not to see you be a fucking drunk ass." <laughs> I had to block see, I feel him, like but that uh, would actually be kind of fun to just. Yeah. <laughs> no, man. Like I, I was really, I was disappointed. I was bummed, you know, because I always want everyone to be happy and mm-hmm. put on a great show. And I certainly, you know, I respect. You know, you have to respect the stage and respect your audience, because, um, especially, you know, people spend a lot of their hard-earned money to come to a show and. You want to give them a great show. They they wouldn't spend the money if they didn't love the music. And then it, yeah. it sucks if you turn somebody off like that. But you know, Colorado is interesting because I stopped drinking before the shows. It's been about three or four years now, and it started Red Rocks um, when we were opening for Blues Traveler. And my friend from Colorado was like, "You know, just be careful with your pre-show drink." Because I used to take like a big keg cup of tequila, like you know Don Julio or Patron, and Sugar-free Red Bull, and oh, I mean my poor man's gross. speedball. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah, but it's like, man, that does a trick because it's yeah. like gets you going and yeah. you know gets you gets you a little buzz going and and then I was using it a little bit as a crutch to kind of push me out on stage, which is kind of a terrifying thing yeah. to do. So. And um, and then at Red Rocks that day, I didn't do it, and you know that was a big crowd to get out in front of, and it went really well, and I felt like really connected and euphoric. So um, yeah, it kind of changed my change my tune. There you go, yeah. Colorado. So so do you have stage fright? Yeah. yeah, I mean it's 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 something that I kind of manage. I mean like I yeah I'm, I'm I'm trying to think like there's nights that I do get very nervous. I feel pretty relaxed on this tour right now. I think probably has to do it because like I had a surgery on my foot, so I'm kind of dealing with just kind of the tail end of that. Mm-hmm. So it, I'll be sitting down tonight. Um, and which is not really a big deal. I mean, the first half of my career, I only sat down for my whole show. Um, and it wasn't until like the last 10 or 15 years that I really got up a lot more and worked the stage a lot more. But it is a little weird to go back to completely seated with a band show. So this show, I'm just, I'm not nervous. I'm just more like, all right, you guys got to like deal with this foot. And like, yeah. and also we just have a really cool set going right now. 
So I feel really good about where the band's at, where all our material's at, and um, it's kind of more excited, you know. But I, but I, but stage fright's real, and and you get it, and it's 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 not a bad thing because music is all about like tension and release, you know. Obviously, like the stage fright's the tension, and then when you get out on stage, start playing the music, and then you go into that, and then the, all that nervousness and the anticipation of being on stage. What am I gonna do? What if the people don't like it? What if you know? I mean, all this stuff you can in, inject fear in your head, and you get out there and throw yourself into the music, and then that all goes away, and all that nervous energy, that tension, mm-hmm. has a release, and that's a beautiful thing. So it's a good thing, and I think if you talk to a lot of artists, you know, like James Brown would have stage fright, you know. So, um, Who doesn't yeah, it's it's hard. But I'll tell you what's even harder is like public speaking. Like we just got married this fall, and that was like my wife. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah my wife. Oh, Sam, we were September 28th. Oh, okay. oh we were the 14th. Okay, congratulations. <laughs> Congrats. That was, that was the day of our, our Cape Cod Roots and Blues Fest when you guys get married. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, like, Kelsey, my wife, is really good at it. Like, surprising. It's really cool. She can really... And when I get up and, like, public speak at something like that, like a wedding or something, I'm, I'm, I just feel like I say the stupidest shit. And then, and then at the end, I'm like, damn, I should have said this. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, actually, yeah, it was crazy. She forgot her vows, and then I was trying to read my vows. Okay. And I couldn't like read and speak at the same time. Okay. Same thing, like like stage fright. It's hard, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's crazing. Well, hey, nothing. Yeah, we get through it somehow. And obviously, you've gotten through it for years and years yeah. and years, which is awesome, man. So you're not drinking anymore before shows. Have you ever used weed before shows? Do you ever do that? I tend to like the. Fr- I'm like a, a midnight toker a late night smoker so um i i i use marijuana like i like to play on marijuana i usually take my first hit of weed during the day during the set break Mm, okay Okay? and um the reason is that like i can tend to kind of get a little introverted and also like i can get paranoid if you know you don't know what you're going to encounter when you get on stage if someone's going to say something like talk shit Yo, come on, that sucks. Or, you know, I mean, it happens, you know. Um, and when you're high, that's like, oh, shit. <laughs> you're rolling your head about it. <laughs> when, you're, when you're not high, you're just like, whatever, you know, go fuck yourself. You know, but if I'm high, I'm like, oh, shit. Because, you know, you open, you open, you open up, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so generally, like, I get my groove going, get the crowd going, get the band going. In everything's happening yeah, get, and then the i'm like the all right <laughs> you know well, now it's, like it's time to get setting. euphoric you know yeah. you know when it's the right time yeah and like we're always telling people that need advice with cannabis you know i want to try it for the first time and i'm like well make sure you're in a place where you feel good right yeah, yeah safe yeah. and right. comfortable and happy already yeah, for so, sure yeah. yeah i don't like to be high i don't really smoke during the daytime because um i generally like it'll just knock me out for the day and I don't really get, I can't really get a lot done. And then I just, um, but, you Still know. Still smoking that Philly weed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get mean, this Colorado shit. <laughs> well, I tell you, I grow some good ass weed in Massachusetts now where I live. Okay. And that's when I'm home, I just smoke all my own weed, which that's I grew weird. like OG Kush and Blackberry something. 
<laughs> blackberry wildflowers that are the before, you know. Blackberry so, so what was your uh, first encounter with cannabis? Was it was it the classic like junior high school kid behind the school like bathroom situation, or or, or did you go into the city and like shoulder tap a homeless dude? <laughs> well, I mean, I grew up in the city. Yep. So yeah, it was. It was junior high, and I'll tell you what it was because my manager was my has been my best friend since second grade. So oh. he, and he does not, he hasn't smoked weed for probably 25 years or something. But um, in ninth grade, he he got busted selling weed or something like that. So he was asked to leave our school. So then he went to GMVS, which is Green Mountain Valley School. Um, he's a big, he was a big skier. Oh, no so he like yeah. was trying for Junior Olympics and stuff like that. So he was smoking weed, but that's what it was. Yeah, they pulled me into the bathroom this, we had this one woman, she she passed away actually, but um, Abby Cohen, and she used to have these parties at her house, and that was where like everything was happening, you know, yeah. including me smoking weed for the first time in the bathroom. <laughs> and Jay, it was just like, Jay was like, come on, you're going to fucking do it now, you know. Uh, so my, yeah. my manager is straight edge now. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. I don't know if it was peer pressure, but it was just like, I was probably already strike a 40 and he's like smoke this I, I remember I I smoked weed a couple times and I never really I didn't I don't think I either I either I didn't understand what mm-hmm. the feeling I was supposed to be having was or I didn't feel it which I think is typical right yeah, a lot yeah. of people yeah. don't feel it first I didn't time. know or like I inhale thing. yeah so I would like put it in my mouth I guess so I didn't get high for the first oh. yeah multiple times then I did get into it and then when I think back, you know, it really kind of has had a big influence on my life because, you know, because about 10th grade, that's when I did start, like, you know, smoking weed more, you know. And I it's also the same time I really got heavy into my music and songwriting and playing out on the street and just wanting to constantly make music on the weekends, like at parties. Marijuana's had a real big influence on my life, like, for better or for worse, because you know, I wouldn't, um, when everybody else was wanting to go to keg party, you know, me and my homie would be like smoking weed. We might start at the party, but then be like, all right, let's get the fuck out of here and like go on our bikes and like mm-hmm. go do crazy shit in the woods or like on the beach or jam. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so um, it just, it really like has always enhanced the musical experience for me. So yeah, it's, it's been, it, it, if you break it down like that, it's been a big kind of influence on my life. That was a big question. A lot of people, when they found out we were going to be interviewing you, asked was just sort of how has it influenced your music and um, and and your songwriting and and all that kind of just artistry in general. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, the thing about it, like, and I think it'll be a common theme. Like, it for me personally, I'm sure for a lot of people, like, opens me up. So on the guitar itself, it opens me up in the sense that, like, you know, if we smoked a joint and then I just had a guitar you'll just i'll just start coming up i'll just start creating something fresh and it would be kind of just subconscious the flow and then you'll just the fingers will just start getting into a groove and then you're feeling good and then maybe come up with some lyrics and um and then i always when we're starting to jam or something after the show or you know always run my phone and record stuff and a lot of those freestyles end up can become songs later a lot of them aren't good but a lot of them are really pretty cool. So I, f- I find it really helps the creative process of the creation part of it 
for me personally, it doesn't help me to the honing in part, like the work aspect of everything goes out of the window, <laughs> right? Like yeah. I can't like edit stuff or tell you, is this good or bad or tell you what to do? Yeah. Like as far as like leading a band or something. So when I smoke pot, I've, I kind of become a different person, um, like that part of my personality, like that kind of dominant part of my personality that can kind of lead people and take people in a certain directions goes to the wayside of just like more of a open creative person that comes out it's kind of interesting you know yeah i have to kind of manage it you know absolutely yeah speaking of which um do you have like a process for songwriting where where, you know you said you kind of jam you record stuff and then you take does that just go into the studio and then you kind of pick apart those recordings or, or do you have just like notebooks or how does how does that process work for you yeah like um a lot of it ha- like i said happens on the fly just constantly um if you said something or you said something or i read something or saw something in the movie i'm always looking for a sticky phrase a sticky word a sticky melody or something like that that's making my ears jump and my mind pop and then i'll write it down and it could be something even i read out of a book and i'll just write down a sentence you know um or something i hear in a movie and then i have all these lyrical ideas for something that's you know that i think could be a song later and then later when it comes time to like i have a day today i'm going to do some songwriting and really like little pieces of the puzzle yeah get a pot of coffee going and like you know write some songs today and like really work on some shit in a disciplined manner you know what i mean and then i'll go back and i'll listen to all those ideas that i'm either got along the way or freestyles that we made up on you know crazy nights after the show on the bus and then kind of going through those kind of those ideas that were kind of pure and just oh and then you can dig some stuff out of it you know so that's kind of a process and then the other process is of course you know writing with the band where you know jeff might say oh, i got the groove and i got an idea for his guitar line or something and mm-hmm. or they'll have a groove going and then i'll say well i got a lyric for that and then sometimes you write with other people like other musicians other producers and that's kind of more like a studio thing where you go in, but it, it's all the same kind of thing. You got to start with a music or a lyrical idea, and then Something kind sticky. of flesh it out. Yeah, sticky. but sticky, <laughs> sticky is the sticky like is the thing. I mean, that's the whole thing. Like that's everything. Like and and the thing is, you always want to say something that's never been said before, or say something in a different way if it has been said before. But Hard. if you look at my catalog, you know, I would hope that you would see like. Just a ton of, you know, my greatest songs are songs like, or I should say my most popular songs, like, you know, Baby's Got Sauce. Mm-hmm. Well, no one ever said that. That's super fucking sticky. Like, no one knows what that is. Yeah. But they know that it, you know what I mean? And then, like, Cold Beverage, like, who said that? Like, I like Cold Beverage. Like, so who's got the weed? Who's got the weed? <laughs> you know, and, and that was just like a silly thing where, like, walking in Park City after being at the bar all night, and my buddy was like, you know the streets were empty and it was like two negative two degrees and he's going who's got the way <laughs> and i'm like and then you know we made it into a song so that's the way this shit happens yeah know? yeah so it's it's almost like a documentary of your life in a way yeah it's just pretty much that, like you've been going through yeah like, yeah toss that into a song yeah well speaking of collaborating though with other people you said you do that as well and i know a lot of people ask me to ask you about jack johnson and your collaboration with him and um have you guys used weed in your process? <laughs> uh, Jack, you know, I've known Jack. We've known each other for over twenty years now. 
Jack does not smoke a lot of pot. I can, I, I can think of just a couple times when when I've smoked with him. I can think of a lot of times when I've been high playing <laughs> music with him. <laughs> you know, because like around we, we, we be, we'll be on tour, and then um, you know I'll do my show, and then I gotta wait for my sit-in with Jack. And there's a couple hours in between that. Generally, after my show, it's party time. Okay. So you know, and then also again, like I'll be loose, so I'll maybe take a hit a wee before I go out and sit in with Jack, and again just to kind of have that this euphoric thing because it's really interesting about music is that you could play a song a hundred times, a thousand times, mm-hmm. but then when you smoke weed right before you play it, it's almost like you never played it before. You know what I mean? It becomes a whole different voyage, yeah. and that's exciting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and it makes it challenging in a way i love that line yeah but jack jack and i are not the type of friends that'll like sit around smoking weed and and write a song but he has no problem he has no problem with, with the weed or whatever yeah, yeah. You know, Seems like and then like i guy, said man. like he he's chill enough as it is yeah, yeah he's yeah, he's super chill <laughs> he, he might not want to get any more chillaxed than he is <laughs> he needs some uppers but yeah, yeah. but then like jack's so laid back but then he'll like go surf like some fucking like 40 foot wave how did y'all meet? How did, how did you guys get together? To... Uh, we met in L.A. I was recording my fourth record, the Philadelphonic record, which just turned 20. Oh, thanks. Big fan. Yeah, surfing buddy of mine from Avalon, New Jersey. This guy named cool. Scott. Are you guys from New Jersey? My yeah. parents still live there. Are you serious? Yeah. What street? <laughs> Seventh. No way. We were on yeah. 9th Street. Oh, sweet. Oh, cool. Are you serious? We probably like, pass each other all the time. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Small I think world. I'm a lot older yeah. than you. <laughs> Well, that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to sugarcoat that one. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's my stuff. Well, up. you have like kids and stuff. You've been around. Yeah, I have an 18-year-old, so. Yeah, but anyways, yeah. um, so Scott Sowens, I'm sure you didn't know the name Sowens if you live in Avalon, because like, a lot of real estate family, RJ Sowens. And... I mean, we just went there for the summers. Okay. So my parents live there now because they're retired. Oh, cool. But yeah, it wasn't like So a... you're from Philadelphia? Westchester. Oh, no way. Yeah. That's cool. Wow. Um, well, anyways... Scott Owens, Avalon guy, local surfer, a couple years younger than me, but we were great friends. And um, and he was became a photographer, and um, he ended up going out to Cali and linking up with the Malloys. They were doing surf films with Jack as well, mm-hmm. and so you know that was his his friends. And he said, "Hey man, um, hey Garrett, um, there's this kid that you got to meet him. He's a big fan and." He's got this song called Rodeo Clowns, and I think it's really great, and I really think you should hear it, and he wants to meet you. Can I bring him by to the studio to say hi? And I was like, yeah, we'll come by the hotel, you know? So we, we, they came by, we went for a surf at Topanga Canyon, and then we went back and traded songs, and and then I just remember thinking, wow, this guy's so, he was super effortless, just like he is. Yeah. And the songs were, he basically played me like his whole first record. And the Rodeo Clown song really jumped out to me that day. I kept saying, you know, play that song again. So, so I worked out my solo right there, and then he gave me the demo. I played it for my producer, T-Ray, who was a hip-hop guy who did, like, a lot of cool old-school shit like Percy P, Double X Posse, Cypress Hill, All right. Funk Dubious. He played, I played it for him, and he was like, yeah, let's cut it. And I said, Jack, hey, man, I, you know, we want to cut it. Can I cut it? And he goes, well, I got to think about it. Um, Cause this is when he's just a college kid too. It's, yeah, yeah. He's just a kid, just a kid with a guitar. I said, all right, well, okay. Well, let me know, cause we're gonna, you know, we're going to the studio. So 
And he called back and he said, well, could we do it as a collaboration, as a duet? And I was like, uh, well, I never really done something like that with someone I didn't really know. So I was like, sure, let's do it. You know? yeah, yeah. And then uh, so we went in the studio two days later and Jack was so great. Like, I just remember the producer being like, are we going to do a couple of takes? And the producer was like, I don't want to burn you out. And Jack was like, you can't burn me out. <laughs> <laughs> And he nailed it like on the first take, and um, and like I said, we had I had worked out my solo, so basically the two of us sat like we're sitting with two acoustics, played the song live, and I played the solo, and Jack sang it live, and then and T Ray had put up like a hip hop beat, and then Jack overdub a harmony and another lead, and then I went back later and overdubbed my lead. So if you listen to it listen to the track it actually has three of jack's vocals and then one of mine right on top it was kind of weird because he was so good like even then like he was that good just to come in a studio and just you know a big hollywood studio like mm -hmm. this was back in the day when there was like money you know really nailed it and to the point where i was like scared i was like and, and i had to match his flow okay right which was that was challenging so I basically said to him, I was like, look, I think this song's really great. I think you're just going to take this recording, and I know you can go get a record deal, hands down, on the strength of this tape. And I said, I don't want to do I don't want to do it on my record. And then he was like, he just kind of talked me into it, talked me off the ledge. He was like, no, I really want you to do it. And so he kind of, it was cool because, you know, even then, like, you know, he had the presence kind of to, like, turn around on me and mm -hmm. kind of coach me through it, too, so... Then I ended up doing it. I still think it was better without me on it, but it ended up being a single, and then that helped to kind of launch Jack. And then you know we've been friends ever since. That's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I like that story. Yeah, yeah. and you guys both ended up on Brushfire, right? Well, yeah. Well, that's his label, so yeah. it was just interesting, like the tra trajectories of our careers, because you know started our first record dropped in '94, and then I met Jack in '98. We cut that, and then that thing came out in '99. And then that was a big record for us. Yeah. Two years later, kind of off the strength of that, Jack got signed by Ben Harper's manager. Mm -hmm. And to enjoy records, J.P. Plunier was his name. We're, 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 we're friends now, but in, in the day, like, he kind of cut me out of it. Like, that's why I'm not on Jack's first record and Ben's on it, you know what I mean? Yeah, because he, he never, because, you know, I probably should have been on that first record, too, mm -hmm. you know? But... I wasn't it's all good but like basically we kind of had jack in our camp and then jp kind of they kind of swooped in and kind of mm -hmm. took him and um but you know it's all good it really worked out well for jack and then our next record was called electric mile we were kind of disappointed with sony records because we felt like we really delivered them a hit record which we did mm -hmm. because yeah. we know it's a hit because it's rodeo clowns and yeah, yeah. and we felt like they didn't capitalize on it and so the next record electric mile we were like you know fuck this man we don't want to have anything to do with like making any type of radio friendly shit just want to make kind of like a really jammy record which we did yeah. and it didn't so well then we got dropped and then oh, at the same time jack's thing took off so yeah. my thing was kind of going down and then i got dropped by sony and then jack's thing took off like crazy like it was crazy it was crazy yeah, the way this shit ever album was like yeah. I mean, it was Couldn't it was away. brush fire. It was yeah, like yeah. a wildfire, yeah, right and it was right. unbelievable. And um, so, yeah. Long story short, it was great. We started looking for a record deal, 
and the process took us a couple of years. Uh, we did have a couple things going on, and then right before we were kind of signing to Lost Highway Records, Jack and his manager Emmett Malloy came back and they said we're going to start the label, and you know we really want you to be on it. So, so the label at first was like Donovan Franklin Ryder and us, yeah. and Jack and then Matt Costa. And then, you know, we were with Brushfire for 16 years. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so my new record, The Juice, is my first record on our label, Philadelphonic Records. So we kind of, with the blessing of Jack and Emmett and everybody at Brushfire, we all kind of felt like it was time for everyone to do something different. Mm -hmm. we've, we've done a lot of records with them, and it's been great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but like I said, like, we're still fam. And actually, I just texted with Emmett right before I came upstairs. Um, Jack's playing a Bernie Sanders rally today. Oh wow! In I didn't San know that. Jose, so I was pretty proud of him for doing Sweet. that. Sweet. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is yeah. really awesome. And yeah, the business side behind the music is, is slightly it's, less glamorous. Yeah. And it so seems interesting. Like it's changed so much because, yeah. you know, now it's not even like albums, it's streaming and everything, and it's all crazy. That's tough. Well, well, that's it. That's just it. Is that they've been doing this whole record label, Brushfire Records, was really a labor of love for them because, you know, Jack's record sales have been strong, although Jack, like everybody else now, he's not selling many records either. Mm -hmm. Certainly sound more than I am, but... So it was a labor of love for Jack and Emmett and Josh and Kizzy over there at Brushfire Records to put it all, all this work and make all these records because they really weren't making too much money off the label. That's just the kind of people that are it's It's a creative label built completely by creatives because Emmett Malloy is... Before he was Jack's manager, and same time he's a he's a filmmaker, you know. Yeah. So it's completely run by non-business people, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. That's well, speaking, I, I guess, of the business side, when we decided to do this interview, I told my cousin, and she was like, "Oh, I had I just drank G Love's beer." Okay. <laughs> and I was like, "What? <laughs> G Love's got a beer? Yes. Um, an IPA?" Yeah. Um, and then we found out you have a hot sauce too. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's that's awesome. So you're like doing all sorts of stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, um, kind of another person that I kind of look up to is Jimmy Buffett. You know, he's not Jimmy's not so much of a musical influence by me. Not I, I'm certainly a fan, but I can't say that like he's had a huge influence on my songwriting just because that's just not who with the type of music I was listening to. However, um, for me, when I look at Jimmy Buffett's career and how he's been like a multifaceted businessman and an absolute like master brand maker. And again, you talk about the sticky, mm -hmm. a, a guy who knows something sticky. And that's where I, even though I say I'm not, I wasn't that influenced by Jimmy Buffett. I, I, at the same time, I think that like I've turned out that we kind of write similarly the way we approach songwriting, you know, not taking ourselves too seriously, but writing like really heartfelt stuff about, you know, simple things in life, but also the big things in life too, but also not being afraid to write a song like, you know, Margaritaville or Cheeseburger in Paradise, because some people won't write a song like Cold Beverage or Booty Call, but I will, and Jimmy Buffett will. Mm -hmm. And um, so when I look at what he's achieved musically, that's one thing, but then you look at what he's achieved also with all of his branding, like his Landshark beer and yeah. restaurants, which are now casinos. And I mean, it's unbelievable. And so that's part of it. Like, I'm always looking for things uh, other than music that correlate with 
the music. So hot sauce was something I always wanted to have. It was a dream to have a hot sauce. So eventually I finally convinced my manager to do the hot sauce. And, you know, I don't think we've ever made a dime off the hot sauce, but it's pretty cool to have. Special sauce. You know what I mean? (laughs) And then the beer, uh, again, this is like, you know, I, I love beer and I love craft beer. And like on our rider, I don't know if the fridge is stocked yet, but like we get like local craft brew in every town right. where we go to. And then, of course, some of my uh, crew guys, they just want to drink shitty light beer from Miller. So that's on the rider, too. But I always have a case like mm-hmm. local craft brew to support and also just get to taste what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is like uh, something that I've always dreamed about having was like my own collaboration. And I did do one with New Belgium. The Peach Porch Lounger, yeah. that was a one-off, though, some years ago, and uh, I wanted to have one that could be like, we could work with a company on the branding. So, long story short, we teamed up with Good Life Brewing out of Bend, Oregon, yep. um, and again, we just played a show in their parking lot, and they were taking a tour of the brewery, and I was like, would you guys ever want to do a collaboration? And they're like, hell yeah, and I was like, let's go. Sick. This is it. <laughs> yeah. This is sticky. So yeah, so the first. <laughs> The first year we did the Danky Dankster IPA. Mm-hmm. That's the one Carly was. Yeah. And then, the, and then the last year, and then this year again, we're gonna keep the Juice IPA, nice. which, um, which is pretty cool. So. Is it gonna be a hazy IPA based on? Well, that? no, it's it, it's it's interesting because it's it's not a hazy IPA. Oh, okay. It's it's more of a um, it's more of a lighter kind of floral IPA. Oh, nice. That sounds right up my alley. And it yeah. has this thing that I call the juice cloud, okay. which is like when you take a, a sip. And then this like exploding cloud like busts the top of your palate of this flavor. I like that. It's it's it's. I'm excited to try it. That's what I call a juice cloud. Because I'm because the the Danky Dankster was so good, and then they said the next year, well, we're gonna change the flavor profiles. Are you fucking crazy? (laughs) We're gonna change the Danky Dankster, and then we did, and then the brewers made the juice, and I was like. Oh shit! This is even better. Right. Oh, there you go. Um, then you gotta go with the better. But right? <laughs> I, I do like super. I like super hazy IPAs. This is not that. It the, the goal of this beer is to be a super drinkable IPA that was um super flavorful profile, but also not so heavy. It's kind of like an IPA that IPA drinkers will love. But even if you if you're like the kind of person like yeah. IPA is like too strong or something, and then you can hack this one. So it's nice. a little bit lighter, you know. And when's that coming out? It's coming out this month in okay. certain markets. Nice. Yeah, in March. Yeah. Keep a lookout for that. Yeah. So, you have the Danky Dankster. <laughs> you have beer. You have hot sauce. You grow your own weed. I grow my own weed. Or when are we gonna see the G Love Special Sauce Kush? Okay, when's right. That coming out. Yeah. Well, it, it actually, kinda... it might come out soon because um, my friends. Down in Fort Collins, or organic alternatives. Okay. Saw um, those pictures on your Instagram. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, this guy Maka, who runs the marketing for them, we're good buddies, and um, we've been talking about it for a couple of years. So, now that my older son's 18, and I don't have to like be beholden to the child court system, there you go. which is kind of a legitimate thing, which is why I wouldn't want to have a weed before mm-hmm. that. Now. I'm, and kind of just be myself. So I think I would like to have a weed. Like, like your own strain? <laughs> well, I think it'll, it'll just be, yeah, it'd be like either the juice or the special sauce. But like, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, why wouldn't I, you know? Yeah, it just makes so, sense. That'd be awesome. uh, and then my other buddy, um, another great friend of mine, Dave Sullivan 
from Philadelphia, and he's like my class, nineteen ninety one. He has been out in Eugene, Oregon, since the day, and um, they have Sweet Leaf Farms. Yeah. Oh, they have they have the the OG plant is their, is their thing. They, now they're legit. So that's it. Was you you obviously you guys know like everyone who was super legit and illegal back in the day is now super legit and legal currently and and so these are the pirates that are kind of now legal so it's, it's a pretty yeah. exciting time in the industry and for the guys that have been able to successfully make the transition from you know hiding from the fucking choppers going yeah. overhead <laughs> to uh you know now you Flying know, in that checking chopper. in people with ids and in the camera when they come into the grow space you know yeah well we'll have to find out um or go check out his grow because we actually have a sprinter van that we converted to a mobile podcast studio the okay. can of it so this summer <laughs> we're, this summer we're gonna be sure. trucking around uh, grows and interviewing people and, cool and that'd be an interesting story because we love those OG yeah the og stories. plant yeah. on instagram the og plant all yeah, right cool. we'll have to follow that yeah anything else you want to you want to add while we got you here or I mean, like best backstage weed stories. <laughs> oh, actually, who's who's the who's one of your favorite stories, either famous person or just interesting person, that you've had the 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 chance or the luck to smoke with? Oh, oh. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, well, I have two good stories. Go for it. Okay. Well, one is you know the first one John has my main influence is a musician named John Hammond, mm-hmm. and uh, John's a Delta blues player. His first band was the band, mm-hmm. Robbie Robertson. He introduced the band to Bob Dylan. He's been a major kind of influence on everybody from Jimi Hendrix to Eric Clapton to Rolling Stones. Um, although he's remained in as a like kind of Delta Blues purist throughout his career, so never achieved the same type of commercial success as a lot of his peers. But anyways, wonderful, wonderful musician. If you ever get a chance to see him. And they also, him and his wife, Marla, they also like to burn. And they're older, like my parents' age. Mm-hmm. So, like, and he's, like, my musical father. So, you know, we'll hang out, and he'll be like, man. Because they're, like, 60. They're from the 60s. They're like, man, we got some. You got to try this shit, G. <laughs> and then his wife, Marla, has got a New York accent. Oh, my God, Garrett. You're going to love this. This is some good <laughs> shit, man. So, it's just so funny, like. You know, smoke all his joints with the older couple and just enjoy being high with them and then jamming and stuff. And and then I had a, the other story that popped into my mind was while I was out in L.A., you know, this is about 19 years ago, and we were doing the house band on the Wind Band Stein's Money Show. So we were the house band, so we were out in L.A. for two weeks recording, right? So And this was when I was like total party G, so I'd be like out at the club every night and then this one night i was like well you know i'm just like i'm just gonna chill tonight so i had a six pack of corona and i had flown out to la with some of my homegrown that i grew back then in philly which i call i-95 with some seeds i brought home from amsterdam i love it you know like again i wasn't this is one my one night i wasn't gonna go out right so i was like all right cool so i'm in the hotel you know roll up just a a personal, which I call Skinny Philly. There you go. So, and then all of a sudden, the phone, my phone rings. Yo, dude, you gotta come out. You know, blah, blah, come out. All right, fuck it. So, here I go. I go out. Was I put my personal joint in my cigarettes or whatever I smoked at the time, and I uh, went out to the club, whatever. And then we got to the club, and then my buddy Fez is like, 
Come on, dude. We're, we're buying some. Where are we going? Oh, we're going to Snoop Dogg's studio. Oh, shit. All right. <laughs> so then so then we go. It was like three. There was like me and two other dudes, Fez and one other guy, and then like four chicks. So basically, we were the guys that like showed up with the chicks <laughs> at the studio. Yeah. So like all the guys at the studio, like Snoop Dogg and Warren G., and everybody were like all interested with the girls that we brought, but like we're like you know who are these? Well, Fez was African American, but like they're like who's this fucking white guy? It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so but I, anyhow like and Snoop Dogg is like Snoop Dogg, so yeah, I'm like holy yeah. shit! So now I'm Snoop Dogg, and then like I'm like helping Snoop Dogg like clean up the um the studio counter and stuff because I'm just trying to like hang, yeah, yeah. and then so now they sit someone sparks up a blunt or whatever, and they're sparking this blunt, and then I spark up my joint and because i was like yo you guys gotta try some of my homegrown i was like you gotta try my homegrown so i smoked i pulled out this little joint and they're just like you want a fucking loser this guy is look at his joints like this you know it's not definitely not the size of my pinky it's like not even the size of a pencil so I spark up my joint, and then I'm trying to pass it. So I go to pass to one of Snoop's homies, and then he keeps. So I go pass it like this, and then he takes his hand with the lighter and blocks the joint. And I'm like, "No, here and pass it to the joint." He's like, "No, you block my joint with the lighter." <laughs> and then I was like, "Fuck." <laughs> so the long story short, long story short is, if you're gonna hang out with Snoop Dogg, you better bring a bigger joint. <laughs> <laughs> No Philly skinnies for Snoop. That's right. So that oh, was uh, great. That was pretty cool. That's not surprising, I guess. <laughs> I was going to say, at one point, I was thinking, um, you strike me as a joint guy. Yeah, I Like, am. that's your, yeah. your total style, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I have a bong, but I've I never really been into, like, smoking a bong or smoking out of a bowl or a one-hitter. Also, as a vocalist, like, I, mean, well, I had this awesome laryngologist when i was going through some vocal issues and he's like so g because he knew like who i was not so g i assume you smoke marijuana right <laughs> if you do i recommend the illadelf ice bong oh my gosh that's the that's doctor awesome. saying like <laughs> doctors i recommend the illadelf what i don't want you to do is smoke out of a one hitter though because it's too much heat it's really oh. bad for your vocal cords um no yeah yeah so that doctor smokes weed obviously <laughs> yeah um <laughs> But anyways, yeah. So, yeah. But, like, my guys on the bus are, like, like my crew guys, like, my road manager's, like, wax guy. Oh, wow. So yeah. he's, like, rigged up smoking wax, like, from the time he wakes up till the time he goes to bed. Like, just wax. He doesn't smoke any flour. And I'll smoke some wax at him at night. But, like, that shit just puts you on your ass. But, yeah, I mostly smoke joints. And sometimes my smoke a little spliff but um i'm really kind of backing off the tobacco these days yeah, yeah. um but turns out it's bad for you i know who would have thought <laughs> who knew so all those years of hacking up a lot that little life. head high it's just like it feels so good but, but the best feeling is really smoking the homegrown that we grow um because it's really great weed yeah you know i don't i'm gonna admit i'm a terrible trimmer so it doesn't <laughs> it's not really you gotta get you know. the kids to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know. This is how you farm. 
<laughs> I, I do like artisanal hand torn. <laughs> okay. But uh watch that's gonna become a buzzword like organic or yeah, hand torn. Trimming's weed. actually yeah. too sticky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so mind. but yeah, Massachusetts we can grow twelve plants per person. Yep. So and you know how that's, it's grown and you know, there's yeah, no chemicals and, going into it. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, it's obviously it's organic and growing next to my vegetables and it's just so fun to, to grow the to plants and Man, my yard just happens to be really. I mean, it, it, these plants are just. I I just, I just love them. It. It, it's just so fun, and you have people over, and you like, come over check the plants, you know, and everyone's yeah. like, Do you oh sing my to God. them? Um, I well, we're always kind of having a barbecue and a bonfire and jamming, so right. I guess. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I like I talk to my plants, and you know, yeah. like that crazy plant lady that's like, if you give them it's your true. love, well, that's true. Be better. Yeah. But um, so you know. Had to ask. <laughs> no, there's studies that's proven that's yeah. Um, correct. Yeah. yeah. I get pretty hippy dippy. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know. It does. It's it the do. way to be. Yeah. <laughs> stay easy. Stay sticky. That's right. Oh, man. All right. Well, Garrett, aka G Love, thank you, my man, so much for sitting down with us. Thank you guys so much for having us. Yeah. Of course. So fun. And congrats on the new record. Congrats <laughs> thank on you. the tour. And, uh, yeah. Any announcements that, that people need to know about? Uh, I guess to, if you want to stay in touch, um, on Instagram, I'm at Philly G Love. On Twitter, at G Love. G Love and Special Sauce on Facebook. Philadelphonic.com is our home site. And GLoveHotSauce.com yeah. as well. We'll toss links to all of this oh, everywhere that we post all this. Cool. So we transcribe it into a blog too and all that good stuff. Great. So. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks, my man. We appreciate all right. you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. I hope you all enjoyed that interview as much as we did. It was super fun to meet someone like G-Love in person. We felt like rock stars. And it was just super interesting. I, I love hearing the different perspectives from a musician versus us constantly talking to people in the industry. So let us know what you, what you thought and let us know if you're interested in us interviewing any other musicians that maybe haven't been as open about their cannabis use in the past. We'll dig it out of them. Um, before we sign off, just a couple announcements. The Mary Jane Experience is opening up a marketplace where we're going to offer a selection of highly vetted products where we make sure that the plant is organic, that everything is done cleanly for you, and that the companies have ethical practices. So we're going to have a really cool marketplace coming up that does all the work for you in finding healthy, safe cannabis products. Um, we're also launching the Canavan back in business. We're getting back on the road in the Canavan on June 5th. We're going to be traveling the country. So if you know somebody that has an awesome cannabis story, maybe somebody with a hemp farm that wants a, to show it off to the world, or, you know, just anything that you think would be interesting, let us know. We have a Canavan map online where you can add your business and request interviews. So 
check that out. As always, we're at MaryJaneExperience.com, at MaryJaneExperience on Instagram, at MaryJexperience on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're everywhere. So just Google us. Thank you so much again for listening, and peace out, potheads. So if you wanna hit just buy me a drink and don't worry